Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Helen. And I'm Sarah. And this is the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we share ideas for actions and tools to try out that we hope will help you and us to navigate your squiggly career with a bit more confidence, clarity, and control. And when I say each week, it really is each week. It has been each week. <laughs> Don't we know it? <laughs> um, it's been a hard week, and it's really early on in the week that we're filming this. And we've been doing this for over four years, over 300 episodes. So it really is each week, everybody. If you're listening to this for the first time, whoa, you've got some hours, some hours to catch up on. Probably the easiest way for you to catch up on might be to look at some of our pod sheets, first of all. So for the last hundred or so episodes, we've created a pod sheet summary of the episode. Coach yourself questions, ideas for action, all in one place. What we will do is make sure that in the show notes for this, easiest to find if you listen on Apple, but on our website otherwise, we send the pod book to you. So it is a hundred, it's a collection of a hundred pod sheets that we pulled together. So whether you're a long-time listener or it's your first time here, that might be a good resource for you and then you can work out which episodes that you want to listen to rather than starting at number one and working your way through to here in which case we'll see you in about two weeks of constant listening (laughs) (laughs) so what are we talking about today so today we're talking about how to change your pace and perspective so Helen and I were reflecting a bit on what's helped us and what's hindered us so far this year and we were talking about that when things are going well when you feel like you're working in a sustainable way in your squiggly career I think you get your pace and your perspective right. I think they're two different things and we are going to divide them up, but they're sort of interconnected. And also when things go wrong, when a week feels hard or when things perhaps feel frustrating and perhaps you can't put your finger on why, often I think pace and perspective are two of the areas to go to, to look at, well, is something not quite working for me at the moment? Well, I was really thinking about this last week because I was on holiday last week in a very lovely place. And I was like, oh, this place is great. It's lovely. I just, <laughs> I was like, I'm I sure got, it was. Yeah, I got to read five books and I did exercise every day. I was like, this is amazing. Side note, children weren't there. They were with the grandparents. And I got quite a lot of perspective, you know, quite a lot of like thinking time to think about what's important and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, but surely I can't just go on a holiday to feel like this like I don't feel like going on (laughs) holiday is the answer I feel like if you can find a way to manage your work so that you've got more pace and perspective and you're not reliant on a holiday then that is better so it definitely got me thinking about the practicalities of pace and perspective beyond a fancy holiday abroad so we were thinking when can you spot that you're getting it wrong and one of the things that 
I've noticed and when I was thinking about the times where I definitely have got this wrong is when there is no change in pace or perspective from week to week. So you feel like you've got a lot of sameness. So, for example, in pace, maybe it feels like time is really dragging. So it just feels really slow. Every week feels like it's kind of taking a lifetime or perhaps everything feels incredibly, you know, fast and almost like you're always like one bit behind where you want to be, or maybe you're constantly firefighting or troubleshooting. And with perspective, maybe it feels like you're always in the kind of minutiae. You're always really in the detail and you never feel like you can kind of escape that detail. I think we've talked before about that's often described as tunneling. You're sort of stuck in this sort of dark tunnel. Or maybe you feel like you're you know, too abstract and you're dreaming and you're wondering and you're lacking the kind of concrete clarity that you need to move forward in your job or in your career. So I think if you sort of feel like you're spending all of your time in kind of any of those states, you can probably start to go, that doesn't feel useful for me. And the opposite really is how to spot when you're getting it right. If Sarah's talked about, well, that's what it feels like when it's wrong. What does it feel like when you're getting it right? And we thought, well, with pace, it's when you're really comfortable with the rhythm of your work, but in that moment. So you recognise that rhythm isn't the same you know, every day, every week, but sort of over that time, you might have Monday might feel a bit full on, but then you get a bit of time back on a Tuesday. You're working with lots of people on a Wednesday. On Thursday, you get stuff done. On Friday, you're able to reflect and plan ahead. And it's like every day has got a different rhythm, but overall that rhythm feels right. And I think that's when you're getting pace right. That's what it feels like. And then perspective, we were thinking this feels right when you're able to connect the dots of what you're doing on a day-to-day basis with some more things that are a bit further away. So it's almost like well this is what I'm planning to do today but I understand the purpose of it I understand what it's for why I'm doing this and when you can connect the dots it helps you to sort of zoom in and zoom out of what you're doing why you're doing what you're doing and so that's what it feels like when you're getting it right so with that in mind it's sort of useful for you to reflect on how you're feeling about your pace and your perspective at the moment so for example on your pace does it feel like it is too slow or too fast or maybe it feels just right And then in terms of your perspective, do you feel like you're diving deep into the detail or maybe you're working far out into the future or do you feel like you're somewhere in the middle, you're getting that balance of perspective right? So Sarah, how are you sort of feeling about those things right now? Um, I am feeling like it's too fast and I feel like I am too in the detail. How are you feeling? (laughs) I love a little therapy (laughs) sessions. I feel, I mean, this week, and back off holiday, I'm actually feeling like my pace is okay. I've got half a day off on Friday. I can feel I'm sort of doing learning. I can feel like, oh, there's days of busyness, but then I've got some quite some pace feels all right. Perspective, too much in the detail. I feel like there's just, I feel like I've got that kind of, whether it's true or not, but so much to do that I've got to do it today. And, and I think that that today orientation is getting in the way of my kind of sort of future consideration. Um, so yeah, that's probably where I am. Yeah, and I wonder whether we actually had a conversation about this before we started the podcast. I think the inclination is to perhaps think, oh, everybody is finding it too fast and everybody is kind of too in the detail. But we've really challenged ourselves to think about that because I think there are, I've done jobs definitely where I have been too zoomed out and that has felt quite demotivating. And I've been in jobs at times where it's been too slow. And that's really, it's really hard. You sort of lose your like mojo and kind of motivation Mm -hmm. when things feel like that. So 
when we go through the ideas for action, we're going to think about both of those areas. Like if you need to speed up, if you need to slow down, if you need to zoom out, if you need to zoom in, because I do think there are different moments in your squiggly career where you find yourself in those different states. So what we're going to do now is we're going to take perspective and then we're going to take pace and we're going to go through a few different ideas for action so that you can manage it. Whatever it is you're needing right now, you've got some things that you can go and do about it. So we'll start with perspective. And there's a nice quote from Stephen Hawking to kick us off, which is that I believe everyone should have a broad picture of how the universe operates and our place in it. It is a basic human desire and it also puts our worries in perspective. And I think it's such a good example of that zoom out thing particularly you know you're in the detail every day just seeing the world that is bigger than what you're working on can be quite helpful and I was doing some really interesting reading about psychology and anxiety and they have this phrase called perspective levers that I'd not come across before and they were describing that there's these there's two main perspective levers which I think are helpful in the context of careers so the first perspective lever is time So how can you separate yourself? And we'll talk about like what that means in a bit more detail by doing a bit of mental time travel, which is something we have talked about before on this podcast, like how kind of looking into the past and fast forward into the future can actually be really helpful for perspective. So we'll kind of talk a bit about that. And then second perspective lever is thinking. So if you are somebody who is very much down in the detail, what does it look like to become more abstract? If you're someone who is more abstract, how do you become more concrete? And Helen and I were talking about like our different natural perspectives. And I'm definitely somebody who, if you saw loads of trees, I would see the forest. I'm a why person. So I, I'll see the big picture and I naturally sort of see everything. And we were saying what Helen would do is she would sort of see the tree that matters, that one tree that matters right now. And then she'd probably start asking some questions about how was this forest created? Who planted this forest? How do I create my forest? I feel like I'd be scanning the forest. I'd be like, what trees here? Which ones are the oldest ones? Like, uh, which, I'd, be like I'd be questioning every tree. And I'd be like, the forest is so beautiful. Yes, yes. Stop focusing on the roots, Helen. <laughs> and so for each of the ideas for action, we're going to sort of talk about almost how you can do that mental time travel, how you can change perspective. So the first one goes back to that Stephen Hawking quote about kind of looking at the world that is bigger than your work. And the idea for action is about going beyond. And what we're trying to get you to do here is think about spending time with something every week that goes beyond where you spend most of your time. So for example, I spend most of my time working with organizations on career development. That's kind of the world of my work and it's a world that I love, but it is quite consuming. So what I have done recently is I've re-signed up to The Economist and I get it every week and I find reading it particularly sometimes I don't have time to read the whole thing. I'll be really honest. I'm like, wow, when am I going to get time to read this whole magazine? But the first <laughs> couple of pages are really good summaries. They basically have like... <laughs> the pricey. <laughs> yeah, the pricey the is the best because it has like the world in review and it is really useful like, I love the fact you've managed to find the efficient way of going beyond it's very Helen <laughs> but I'm like so I can kind of read everything that's going on with like politics and business and all this kind of stuff on the first three pages and then you can then dive in because then it kind of like you know you take the bit on whatever Indian microfinance is what I was reading about this week and you can go to that bit of it but I find Like, it's just such a good way of zooming out, of taking my brain to a different place because I'm so, I'm so zoomed in most of the time that it's just the most helpful way of me. Actually, it was yesterday morning that I read it and I just sat there. It didn't take me that long. I think, you know, I 
honest I got about half an hour earlier than I normally would and I sat downstairs on my own and read it and I just felt better for it like I knew more that was different and I had just I don't know that my challenges and issues were quite small in perspective of some stuff that was going on and I don't Mm. think that is a bad thing sometimes to think about yeah and I think the kind of opposite of that so if that helps Helen to zoom out I don't have very much problem zooming out I spend my time that's my my kind of natural way of looking at the world and I think a lot of things that I read are actually in in fake worlds because it's fiction so you I'm I'm already going way every single day I go way beyond my world because that is my kind of life that's how I live my life so for me the opposite is about the nuts and bolts so sometimes choosing something in your work where maybe you don't know the nuts and bolts of how it works. And so even today, and this might, everyone might be like, oh, wow, like, how does she not really know how to do this? But someone in our team gave me a little lesson about some ins and outs of some Teams functionality for some breakout rooms, for some workshops that we're doing. And that's something that I don't already do. Often, you know, maybe our organisations we're working with are sorting that or there's somebody supporting me to do it. And I don't naturally have that inclination to look at those nuts and bolts or to kind of spend time figuring that out. It's not kind of the lens that I look at our work through. And so sometimes just identifying where is there something in my work where I'm going to dive in very intentionally. I'm going to understand the nuts and bolts of how this works because it gives you a different perspective. It gave me a completely different perspective on how I might run that workshop on what other people around me are doing. You're sort of, it probably gives you more empathy because you're sort of seeing often something that somebody else does to make that happen. And again, you don't have to do this We're not saying you do this all the time, but that practice of know how to change perspective. Like I know I can pick something and like there's very few things where I'm in the nuts and bolts of what we do. So there's quite a long list of stuff I could choose. Just choose something on that list and go, right, I'm going to dive in. I'm going to get someone to help me to do that and to really understand it. So our idea for action two is five time travel coach yourself questions. So this is that ability to sort of separate yourself from the here and now in a way that is really useful to give you perspective and we all tend to be quite present focused like whether you are like me and you naturally have big perspective or you're like Helen and you're sort of in the day-to-day we're all sort of often very present and we're focused on what's in our diaries what's on our to-do lists and this will kind of take you away from that so just four questions to have a think about one when was I at my best in the first five years of my career depending on how long you've been working for you might want to change that number but I found that a really interesting question to reflect on like in the first five years of my career like when was I at my best my first response was not very often Uh, (laughs) though it has been a long day but then I did get I did get some answers that I was like oh that's interesting and if I thought about some of that a bit sooner I wonder if I'd have made some different decisions and anyway it definitely got me reflecting and it took it definitely took me out of the kind of the, the day that I was going through Question two, what helped me overcome the first big obstacle I experienced at work? Which I also found interesting. I was like, oh, what was like the first really big obstacle? And like what helped you in that moment? And do you still use those things or have you forgotten about some of those skills? Question three, what three words do I want to use to describe my career in three years time? So three and three, three words in three years time. So we're fast forwarding into the future, not too far that it feels unrealistic. Maybe they're the words that you use today. Maybe one of those words is the same. Maybe they're all really different. And then question four, I'm 90, sitting on a park bench. What do I want to be true about how I've spent my time? 
that's a really big future question and a very big sort of philosophical, have I spent my time well in my life? But again, what's really useful about all of those questions is we are distancing ourselves from our day-to-day and that distance gives us a different kind of data. It helps us to often be more objective, to think more like an observer, to be more of a fly on the wall. One of the things that I was reading about mental time travel is if we do mental time travel and it's quite short, so if I think about yesterday or last week, we're actually often not very accurate about our reflections and we see them in quite a subjective, almost very like first person experience way because, you know, they're very, you know, we can feel them. They're very real and, and feel very relevant, but actually it's, it's not that helpful. So just like practicing, maybe you ask one of those every week on a Friday because Fridays somehow just feel a bit more reflexive and, you know, start your day do a little mind map, Do a, pick one of those questions, do a mind map for five minutes on a Friday. And I guarantee that would change your perspective of probably the week that you've had. Sarah, I am going to put those questions that you have come up with, the time travel coach yourself questions into the 2023 squiggly career calendar that we oh, are yeah. creating. That we've, that we've not done yet. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, this is a work in progress, everybody. Oh, but now you've said it out no, loud. I know. No, I'm pretty No, so we're, we're creating, side note, everyone, we are creating a squiggly career calendar for next year where you are going to be able to automatically add the actions to your diary. And I think, so each month there'll be a set of actions that you can do to kind of hold you accountable. Um, but this would be a good one you know you could have a month about kind of the time travel and each week there could be one of these as a on a friday reflection day as you've now named it that people could take a bit of time to answer i like it i would i will take that action away and i'm sure some of you might have heard of this idea before but if you've never tried writing a letter to your future self it is a really helpful exercise we've done it before at the end of workshop programs i've done it in learning programs that i've been on it sort of never fails to be useful you know it might feel a bit like cheesy or a bit cliche and you might think when am I ever going to read this but it's less about the what am I going to do with it in the future it's the process of writing that letter that I think will help you to reveal kind of new insights and it often just just reminds you of like what's most important to you like what matters to you and just stops you you know sometimes just getting bogged down in the detail or caring about things that feel they do feel really important and we want everyone to care about their work but again if you sometimes feel like you've spent too long in that kind of tunneling and feel like you kind of can't see the wood from the trees letters to future selves always help and just to be really practical about that you can use a website called futureme.org where you can like write a letter to yourself answering maybe some of the questions that sarah said or just reflecting on what you might want your life to look like in 12 months time and then you can sort of time send it so you can say and I want that to come to me literally in 12 months time and it will send you the email on that date or the other thing that I do is every new year's day I write a letter about what I want to achieve and what I want I kind of call it hopes dreams and achievements over the next 12 months and I write it down a letter to myself and then I open it on new year's day and I've done that for over over the last 10 years and I've got all of them well, I've Last got, year? No, I can't really remember it. So it's always a bit of a surprise. So you don't, but you, you've not got, got it in your mind. No, I don't even, t- I don't take a photo of it because I, it's, yeah. it's not supposed to be that. like that. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, a, it's not a plan. It's hopes, dreams yeah. and sort of wishes. And then I really like looking back on it and sort of seeing what has almost happened naturally because it's been important to me. And then what stuff I'm like, oh, you were never going to do that. So sometimes I laugh yeah. at myself and I'm like, as if you were ever going to do that. Why did you put that on the list? But it's quite, excited it's quite a fun thing to read. What were yours is this year? Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. And then our final idea for action on perspective before we move on to pace is how to move modes from your natural kind of level of perspective. So if you are like me, if you're more of a why person in your, your you kind of zoom out, how to move from why to how. And if you're more like Helen, who's very practical, very much about kind of the how, how can she move more to the why? And so the best way to do this, and we've actually done this today twice in two, kind of two different ways, is take a day, so really specifically take a day that you've just had and you are going to reflect on that day but in a way that probably doesn't feel natural to you so for me my job would be to describe the detail of my day so the ins and outs of exactly what happened when it happened like what I did like that doesn't that doesn't sound like something I would ever do and it also it doesn't sound very motivating to me it's kind of not my natural style but it helps you to move from being more of a abstract thinker to being very concrete very concrete very specific and if you're Helen Helen would look back on her day and she'd be painting a picture of her day in really broad strokes probably more about kind of feelings and outcomes and achievements I wouldn't learn about like what she had spent her time doing that day so just to bring that to life if I was sort of even doing a very small bit of like the start of my day it would sound like Okay, I got up at 6.45, I had a shower and I used my little boy Max's shower gel. I got myself a coffee, got him some bran flakes. He was also allowed to have one of his Halloween sweets from yesterday. At breakfast? After breakfast. He had to eat his breakfast first and he was allowed to have one Halloween sweet. Judgy, I mean, don't you judgy. judge my parenting. <laughs> don't, don't you judge my parenting on this podcast. Oh my God, imagine if we did a parenting podcast, how awful it would it be. It would be horrendous. Um, <laughs> and then I would go on say, and my first meeting was at nine o'clock and it was with this person and so it's sort of like really like the devil is in the detail you're not talking about what you achieved in that meeting or how you felt about that meeting you are literally just just like describing the detail of your day 
Now that would feel really natural for me. That definitely wouldn't be where Sarah's brain would go to. So that would be quite hard for her. But I look at that and go, yeah, I do that all the time. And I always like, I'm like, what were the three actions from each meeting? So for me, if I'm going to paint it kind of in more broad strokes, it's about sort of coming out of the detail of what I've done and what needs to be actioned and more about, well, how did that day make me feel? What was good and why? And so, for example, I had a meeting today. Uh, with an organization that work on finances but rather than describing the detail of that I'd be thinking well that meeting was great because it made me feel excited about our financial future now that is a very different way for me about thinking about that meeting I would normally like my immediate thing is I literally have a note do like follow-up I want to write the detail of that meeting down (laughs) because that's what I would do so for me thinking about well how did that meeting make me feel and how did that meeting take me forward are very different questions than I would naturally go to but when you're trying to get perspective it's useful I think to just to just almost try a different approach because Mm. the more you're able to flex the more you're going to be able to manage your perspective if you can't flex you're going to feel a bit stuck and so that's what we're trying to do here we're sort of like trying to help you to flex from where you might normally start from and it was interesting like when we we were having a go at this exercise to make sure it worked we both found it quite uncomfortable we could do the other one because we were like well that's what we normally do but we were like oh how would that How'd that even sound? How would I even do that? It's sort of like, how do you process your day? And like, we definitely figured out that we process our days in really different ways, but it is it is very useful to kind of try doing it in a new way because you will get new perspective. Like I was talking to Helen before we started this, like, oh, it's been a tough day. And the way I described that tough day, and then Helen was sort of reflecting on my day for me and she reflected on that day in a completely opposite way like and we and this was before we'd even kind of looked at this exercise and we were like that just but it just shows you how we all get stuck I think in similar thinking patterns and that stops us from having perspective so actually Helen almost like doing that job for me kind of made me go oh that has given me a new perspective but we can't always rely on someone else being there at the end of the day to do that for us so it is interesting, isn't it, about whether you could have a perspective partner. So ideally, you do want to do this for yourself, right? You want to be able to flex yes, your perspective yes. so that you can support yourself. But if you had somebody who does not, like somebody that you work with, a friend or, or, or a colleague, you maybe have that kind of closeness to, that has a different perspective, it is actually quite useful to, like, if like if you have had a hard day or if you are feeling stuck, running it by them, they will have a different way of looking at it from mm. you. So they might help you find that perspective when you might be struggling to do it for yourself. Yes, and thank you, you did do that. <laughs> I'm already feeling better about my day too. So let's move swiftly on to get a point. Ah, oh, do you like it? <laughs> thanks, thanks. From perspective to pace. However, I should I should have a quote here that should manage our expectations here, which is that there is more to life than increasing its speed, said by the wise Mahatma Gandhi. So um, yeah, it's not always about moving swiftly on everybody. It's about managing our pace proactively, whether that is speeding up or slowing down. And I think you do different things, you know, depending on what you're aiming for here. And just before we get into our first idea for action, one of the things that I often talk to leaders about in workshops around pace is questions that can help to slow you down and statements that help to speed you up, whether it's you or whether it's also like as a team, you're perhaps noticing as a team, we need to accelerate or as a team, we actually need to slow down. And I think often as a leader, you're probably better at facilitating one of those things to happen than the other so again this is about how you can be adaptable questions that will always help to slow you down are ones that are about exploring so anything that starts with like how might we so how might we 
do this differently? How might we explore different options? What would a really ambitious option look like here? What would happen if we wanted to do twice as much of this thing? And so they're essentially prompts and provocations that get you to come up with like multiple answers. It's sort of mind mapping and brainstorming type techniques. But as soon as you ask something like, how might we, it will slow everybody down because you're sort of in generative mode. You're in like, oh, and it, what about this? And how about this? And it could be this. Helen is just looking at me, looking really, A, laughing at me. And also just looking like this is something where she's like, I never, ever want to do this because I don't want to be slowed down. (laughs) It's so funny because Sarah does this naturally. Like she always will, I'll be like, okay, got this thing that we're doing and moving forward and then Sarah will take a pause and I know what's coming and no and it's one of these questions and I don't think she's thinking how can I slow you down that's not what Sarah's thinking it's just her brain is naturally how could we look at this from a different perspective and then I'm like no 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 because I just want to get it done I just want to get it done and I know the thing is I know that Sarah's questions will make it better but as a naturally pacey person mm-hmm. and by that I mean you know tends to work quite fast these questions can feel quite hard to hear when you're in that moment. So I think, you know, just be aware as well of your own. Don't be too fixed about it, I guess is what I'm saying, because I do feel it's hard, but I try not to be too fixed because I know that these questions ultimately get you further. Yeah, and I think, I mean, you are the paciest person I know. You're the paciest person (laughs) I've ever worked with. Uh, Your expectations of how quickly something can be done. I'm like, I think I'm quite pacey, generally. But like, I mean, I don't even put myself in sort of the same, I don't know, ballpark as you in terms of just how quickly you can get stuff done um and I think <laughs> well, if you're you... probably a nightmare to work for with like Sarah's high quality bar and my yeah. speed bar yeah I do oh, wonder dear. that at one point people are definitely not going to work with us and we're probably not going to want to work with each other it'll be a <laughs> it'll be a tense podcast episode that week right <laughs> that can follow the uh, parenting one yeah that maybe that'll be the uh, <laughs> that'll be the one that breaks us you know like the breakup episode of like the podcast <laughs> quickly career breakups um oh, that's bleak right come on let's move on to the next one right so we've also got statements that help you to speed up so if you are more like me there are times where you're like okay we've got to inject some pace we've got to accelerate something isn't moving quickly enough And that can often be because there are obstacles, maybe people are struggling with priorities, feels like there's too much to do, not enough time. That's where you sort of need the laser-like focus that is Helen Tupper on your side. And so what Helen is so good at is going, right, okay, well, if this is important, we can do this if we. So we can if is a really helpful statement. You know, you don't want to be asking a question here because questions, you're like, oh, open questions, generate possibilities, statements, sort of prompt actions. So, you know, I might say, I'm really struggling to write this article, Helen. And she might say, okay, well, we can create time for you to write that article if we don't do this or stop this or if we think about this differently, or if we ask someone to help us with this thing over here and suddenly we can do it. And it's created the pace. Helen's literally like nodding at the other end of the screen here. Just like, we yes, can. We, we can. can. We can do it. And sometimes I'm like, can we? And you're like, no, we can. So just think about like what's useful for you. Are you in how might we or are you in we can if? And just practice using those questions and statements because they that has practically helped me so many times. 
Yeah, and me too. Like I was joking about finding hard, but I, I know that it is so useful. I think I probably am too reliant on you doing it though. And I think it's being able to do this for yourself that is the really important thing. So we've got two ideas for action for you now, all about managing your pace. And what we've done is assumed that some people want to speed up and some people want to slow down. So for each of these ideas for action, there's sort of like an A and a B, depending on which one of those is right for you. Sarah, do you want to kick us off with some speed setting? Yeah, so the first idea for action we're calling speed setting. So if you want to speed up, we really like the idea of mini sprints. So I was reading a bit about like how can you kind of create pace and it's really helpful for our brains and I think our motivation to say, right, by this time, I want to have achieved X. So by 4pm tomorrow, I want to have got this project done or the first version of this proposal finished and ready to share with someone so mini sprints work well when they are short when they are focused and really specific and it could be um you know literally by 11 a.m so what's like a mini sprint of like two hours 90 minutes or it could be a mini sprint of a week or you might be doing a mini sprint over a couple of weeks or a month i personally do use this it helps you to break down tasks in terms of Once you've realised where you're trying to get to, you then go, okay, well, what do I need to do to get there? And then, you know, I often do use post-it notes. We've perhaps talked about this before in terms of just one action per post-it note. And I will literally move the post-it note from to do to done as I'm going. It's quite an agile methodology style way of working. But I think these sort of mini sprints, like they get you started. I think that's often what I find hard when I'm sort of naturally a bit slower or when I'm maybe less about being slow. I think it's when I feel like I'm stalling. It's because I don't know how to get started. It's always the getting started bit. Once I'm underway, I'm okay. And I think what happens, why I find this useful is if I go, okay, well, by 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going to have got back to this person in our team on what I think on that document. Suddenly I'm like, right, okay, I need to do that by 10 a.m. Okay, well, to do that, I've got to read it, fine. Then probably give myself a bit of time to think about what I think about it. Then I've got to write that feedback. Right, I'll do that. I'll do this. And I sort of, I mentally can get there. I've worked out then how to get started and then the sequence of what happens after I get started. But it's the starting bit that's always the hardest for me. I think mini sprints are useful for me, not because of getting started. I don't ever have a problem of getting <laughs> started. Yeah, obviously. But it's almost because it's the energy of getting it finished. You know, because right. the sprints aren't, if it was a really long project, I'd really struggle with it. But something about the sprints, I'm like, oh, I can achieve that this week. And then that's, it's probably more about that that it makes work for me. Or well, you like um, your quick wins along the way. I do, I do. It's one of, it's one of my uh, values, everybody, in terms of achievements. <laughs> so the, the second part of this was speed setting. So Sarah talked about kind of how you can speed up. The second part of it is how you can slow down. And it's really about kind of finding a slow flow. And I think part of the problem sometimes is we go straight into speed. Like we go straight into our emails, we go straight into our meetings. And before you know it, it's almost like someone or something else is in control of your time at the pace that you're working at. But if you start your day with something slow, it can often help you to feel more in control of what follows so you know it might be reading first thing in the morning like I think reading feels like quite a slow task like you you kind of have to absorb those words it's not this pacey productive thing reading is quite personal if Um, I did that I would do nothing else well you just get stuck in your book yeah obviously I'm like I'm not gonna do anything else if I if I just start reading I'm like well this is just what I want to do I actually read recently Daisy Buchanan's new book which is called Burn Before Reading and she does this so she reads at the start of every day with a coffee in bed and she was like I know people will get angry with me if you're 
parents or you just you, you couldn't do this and she's a writer and she was like I get I can make this happen but she does it for exactly that reason but yeah. I think yeah for me I would then struggle with the motivation to then do anything <laughs> else well that's because that's like why you need a mini sprint you, yes you're a mini I, sprint. I need the mini sprint way more than I <laughs> I'm need on, the reading yeah, I'm on the slow flow so Maybe I this is why this. you get up so early because you're like it's the only way well, to slow myself down <laughs> well I, I get up early because no one else can interrupt me the thing yeah. I want to do so I'm like, slow flow. I can yeah, I can I can read. I can you can uh, maybe it's meditation for you. I, this is a really random find your slow flow thing that I've found useful in the past. Making tea and coffee slowly. So what I mean about this is like yeah, rather than like going to like instant coffee, cafetiere takes a while or teapot loose tea. I know this is weird, but it's like a you know those like mindful moments. I feel like. Because you could just stick in a bag in it and go. But if you kind of brew tea longer, I don't know. I've got like jars, little glass jars at home with like loose tea in. And there's something about that it takes a little bit of time that it feels like it just slows me down in like the middle of a day. Mainly works when I'm working from home, to be honest, because I don't go around with like loose tea in a cafetiere in my bag. <laughs> but, but at home, it's quite useful. Yeah. So idea for action two, if you need to slow down, is all about challenging deadlines. So very often at work, we can feel the pressure of pace because a lot of the deadlines that we feel like we're working towards all feel important and all feel urgent. So Sarah's like, oh, it'd be good if we could write this article. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll get it done this week. And Sarah's like thinking in the next month, but I've maybe assumed that it needs to be done this week. Or Sarah's said maybe like, it'd be good if we could get this done this week. And I've heard it'll be good if we could as it needs to be done by. And so we often assume or interpret deadlines as more immediate than they often are. And you can potentially slow down your work by challenging some of those deadlines. So instead of assuming, you could ask, when does this need to be done by? And needs a really important word because it's not just like, when would it be nice? It's when would it actually need to be done by? And the more that you could ask that, you know, if somebody says, oh, it needs to be done on Friday, you could even go, okay, why does this need to be done on Friday? If we did it next week, what would the impact be? And some of those questions around challenging deadlines might help you to move some of them back, stops you assuming when they need to be done by, and it can help you take more control over the pace that you're working in, particularly if it's feeling overwhelmingly fast at the moment. It's sort of that point, isn't it, as well, that, you know, you can end up working to someone else's urgent and someone else's to-do list versus actually what's most important in your role and based on your objectives and your outcomes. And I think it's just getting used to challenging deadlines in a way that feels okay for you, because I appreciate this is hard to do, particularly, I think, for people in positions of power, where you just sort of feel like you have to be like, yes, yes, I will do this. Versus I think just feeling like you can have an adult to adult conversation where you say, well, my priority for this week is X. So does it work if I come back to you by next Tuesday or next Wednesday? I think I found the way that this works for me is being really clear on my own priorities and then being proactive about offering when I can do it by. Because I don't think I would be brave enough necessarily always to say to someone like more important in my mind, like, oh, like, I'm really sorry I can't because I've got to do this thing and get, you know, almost getting into like over explaining and excuses. And whereas I think if you've got the clarity of like, this is my priority and then I'm actually offering to you, like I'm telling you I can do it by that point. Like, does that work? You're sort of in a nice way leading the witness. You're sort of leading them to go, because then someone has to come back to you and say, no. And if they do, I'm like, okay, fair enough. We can... I can reprioritize. If you're confident enough to come back and say no, then fine. Whereas I would say nine times out of 10, every time you say, 
and would next Tuesday work or would next Friday work? And if you've done a good job of sort of planning and prioritizing, most of the time people go, yeah, great. And it's absolutely fine. And so I think maybe just figure out like, what does that sound like to you? And so what do you do as well if you've got a deadline that isn't urgent? So, you know, sometimes you'll be working on long-term projects and it can feel really hard to get the urgency, to speed up, to get the pace you need to make progress. That's when we can procrastinate and then we beat ourselves up because then you're right at that moment and you're like, but I've had all this time and I've wasted it. And we've probably all been there, I'm sure, with, with some sort of project where there just hasn't been that urgency. Usually they're over a longer period of time. So you've got to create that urgency. The thing that we've both used that has really helped us here when we've been working on long-term things is having a deadline dashboard. I think you've got to create something visual that shows your deadlines, that means you almost have the wins along the way and you can sort of see those like really visually. So for example, when we were writing You Coach You, you have you have pretty long deadlines with books, really. You also have a lot to do, which is why you need the long deadlines. But we literally went very old school. We had a white kind of flip chart, a kind of whiteboard. I wrote down all the chapters. We colour-coded everything like red, amber, green. We could see where we were, where we were going. And you sort of, if we'd have just gone, oh, well, our deadline is in six months' time to have written a first draft of this book, that's where you don't write anything for three months, four months, five months, and then go... I've literally got to spend a month killing myself writing this. And so in some ways, like Helen and I were saying before the podcast, like you're kind of having to create a bit of fakeness. You're almost having to bring things forward and kind of create these sort of deadlines to give yourself that sense of urgency. And I do think if you can, first of all, definitely anything you can do to visualise, brilliant. And anything you can do to share them with someone else, I think does make your life easier. Because if you can share work in progress deadlines and especially if that means giving something to someone so one of the other things that actually really helped us when we were doing our book was there was someone I was giving chapters to and I was sort of committing to him oh you'll get this chapter on Monday and that was sort of irrelevant it was like it was not he wasn't sitting there on a Monday being like where is it where is it but for me I was like oh I've created that deadline so by Monday we need to have that ready ready to send because that's the deadline and so you can't, I think you're just tricking yourself into sort of creating the pace that you need to make progress and you'll definitely do better work that way. The final thing we were both saying has been helpful for us on creating urgency is um, just be clear about the payoff. So if you finish that project two weeks earlier, like what does that mean for you? Does that mean holiday? Does that mean getting to finish work a bit earlier? Does that mean doing something to do with your development that you've been waiting to do? Does that mean you can go and do that course or that learning that you've that you'd be really motivated by. I do think having a payoff for having your deadline dashboard, just that reward mechanism when we need the carrots along the way to just be like, oh, but if I can get that done, it means I've got something to look forward to. And so it's a practical thing, but we were saying we both found that helpful in the past. So we've covered quite a lot today on pace and perspective because sometimes they almost feel quite separate issues, but then we do think they are connected. Though we do think it's how a lot of people might benefit from managing their work but what we'll do to simplify it is put it all in the pod sheet so the ideas for action some of the questions that we've asked they'll all go into that document you can download that from the show notes you can also get it from our website and it might be a good way to talk about this with other people because you can take those things and answer some of those questions together after today so thank you so much for listening and we're back with you again soon bye for now bye everyone
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 